Hi, welcome to Talk for Freedom. This is Cesar Lopez, and this is a special edition. Um, we're actually talking to Kayla, who we spoke to a few months ago uh, about For Her, and we're going to be talking about COVID-19, how that's impacting her organization, um, how it's everything that it's doing right now. And so um, we definitely did not uh, see us being here today um, after our first conversation a few months ago. So how's everything going, Kayla? Yeah, interesting times for sure. Um, we have seen uh, some big shifts happening, you know, in the nonprofit world as well mm-hmm. as um, in the lives of the clients, the women that we serve. Um, and just, you know, this has um, COVID 19 has like far reaches and has yeah. impacted everyone in some way. Yeah. So again, you're with For Her. That's the nonprofit that you currently lead. Um, you talked last time about all the different programs that you run. So tell us what uh, what COVID nineteen has come and you know what disruptions it's it's made for uh, your organization. Yeah. Um, so we're unable to um, do a lot of in person client services. Um, our offices are closed and, you know, we haven't been able to meet in person with our clients due to the stay at home, stay safe order. And so it's definitely impacted. We're, we're a highly relational organization. Mm-hmm. So um, it does make it difficult to, you know, provide those types of services um, when you can't meet in person, but yeah. we are, you know, doing our best to adapt and, you know, we are, our team is working from home um, and we're able to do, you know, some good Our early on, we started kind of putting into place some um, measures to provide direct support and in the areas that are needed most. And that is one thing that I'm thankful for is that we have kind of the flexibility to meet the needs of our community and we don't have to be, you know, rigid with what we're providing. Um, We can adapt to the environment. Yeah. So you mentioned um, not being able to do face-to-face and the women you serve uh, really thrive and depend on that physical contact with Mm -hmm. y'all. And so what have you heard from them? What is this doing to them? Yeah, it's, it's really hard. Uh, I would say, especially for single mothers mm-hmm. um, who don't, you know, are, are not really able to have a lot of um, or any face-to-face interaction with other adults. Uh, they're, you know, not only is that social aspect removed, but also, um, you know, having your child with you 24-7 and not really having any added support um, in the home. Uh, some women, you know, are in uh, inner partner violence, you know, have experienced inner partner violence. There's been an increase. We've seen that in San Antonio, an up- uptick of um, violence and crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it kind of what is already a vulnerable population, um, you know, these women are now in a, in a worse situation of yeah. not really having different outlets and uh, additional support systems. Like we don't realize how crucial the schools are uh, to providing care, um, lunches, breakfasts, yeah. you know, uh, special ed. We have um, several moms who have children with special needs and they're not getting that, you know, that same 
person to person care that they were receiving, you know, through the public school system. Well, that's, that's hard. Um, and I, I ask these questions so that I can paint a picture for our audience and they can understand um, the impact it's having. So you mentioned um, before that the population you serve is um, a lot of women um, who have been in this strip club industry. Um, mm-hmm. And so imagine like you said, a lot of us are in the position where we're at home completely now, and we those that have children are homeschooling, and so you've got these mm-hmm. girls who are going through you know very difficult time emotionally, um, you know more emotionally and mentally probably than anything right now. Um, yeah. But then you add the pressures of having to take care of your child twenty four seven. I don't think that it's that school provides a, a break for parents, but I think school provides uh, a lot of, you know, additional help and resources. And so now parents are having to come up with that. Um, But you add that to the trauma that these women have and are going through. And man, I can only imagine how difficult that can be. Um, A lot of women have been triggered by this whole event and feeling, you know, um, if if they've experienced PTSD, um, their PTSD is triggered because um, this is a situation that they're out of control in, yeah. and that reminds them of uh, when they have been abused in the past and, and you know, been out of control. And so it's, it's very, um, it is, it's very hard and, and difficult for women and for the children, yeah. um, you know, we we know that schools, you know, they provide so much more, right, than just mm-hmm. they're not babysitting. They're providing education and outlets for yep. our kids to engage in a lot of different ways. And so um, that's, that's difficult for, you know, a single mom um, who is, you know, kind of dealing with her own stuff. And, yep. and we've kind of see that crisis, you know, increase. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we are providing is... Uh, mental health services. So we're providing free teletherapy for um, those that qualify for our services. And um, we've expanded that. So normally we have a certain amount of clients that we're able to see and and we're able to to double that. Um, Actually, thanks to A21 free (laughs) teachers. Yeah, we're partners and and we we always want to make sure we support how we can. So that's awesome. So that was going to ask you that. So how have you adapted some of the services that you provide, um, you know, to meet their needs? And so that's one is um, you providing support through the phone, which you had you done that before? Uh, Not to this level. Uh, So we can do a, you know, video Mm-hmm. Um, HIPAA compliant licensed professional counseling, which is uh, fantastic. And, you know, our counselors have been great at adapting, um, you know, through this transition and being able to offer those services um, pretty much from the get go. Yeah. And so it's just really been a matter of, you know, getting the word out that this, these services are available. Um, so that is one area and um, an area that we, um, occasionally do, but don't do as much of um, typically is providing groceries. Um, so we, you know, we have a benevolence fund where, you know, when someone is in crisis, that's a client and we can, you know, offer yeah. um, financial relief. And uh, that need has certainly increased. Um, and, you know, so we've been able to provide um, several women with um, diapers and, you know, food for their pantry and their fridge. 
Um, several women couldn't find, you know, just simple toiletries and things. So we've kind of, you know, <laughs> been on the hunt <laughs> for lots of different types of products. Yeah. If they weren't just read- readily available at their um, local grocery store. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome that you guys are able to adapt in that way and provide uh, in, in a different way. Um, because you're right, everyone is struggling to find, you know, just necessities. Um, who would have thought that toilet paper became like <laughs> gold, right? During this time. Right. But um, that's, that's amazing. Do you think that because this is, we're in the situation now that it gives you um, better preparation for future, or do you plan on maybe doing this even after COVID-19 is, is over? Yeah, I think, um, especially when it comes to teletherapy or remote uh, counseling, yeah. that is, sometimes it's intimidating to walk into an office. Um, so this might actually be a great you know, service that we can provide in the future, uh, you know, full, as we're testing this out and yeah. seeing what the response is, um, you know, that's already something that's been in the works with a lot of different, um, you know, I would say, you know, counseling services, you know, beginning to offer online um, counseling. And so it makes sense that, you know, our lives are busy. We have a lot of things to do and um, the easier that we can make it for people to receive help and services, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Accessibility, I think um, Accessibility. Yep. It has become a big thing with COVID-19 where everything has become accessible um, before you, you knew that technology was, technology was there to do it, but you weren't doing it because you didn't have to. And now, now we have to. And so that's, that's, I think, one good thing is that organizations, companies are going to um, be changed forever uh, on how they do things because they were forced into it. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's great that your clients, the girls you're serving, are getting the help they need um, still through those services. Um, so tell me what kind of – so you serve that population of women. Um, what other things are going on right now um, – that you've seen in regards to abuse, human trafficking, sexual exploitation with the, with the virus, you know, here? That's a great question. So there's two parts to that, uh, that I would look at. And I think one thing that was surprising to me that we, you know, we may know, you know, as a, as a general fact, but really seeing it, um, happen with, you know, Mm COVID-19 coming on the scene and us being in quarantine, what we've seen kind of magnified is uh, the the disparity of those who have access to reliable information. We didn't realize how valuable just being able to provide um, these women with reliable information would be. Uh, where, you know, women were calling in a panic thinking that they're going to be evicted from their apartments uh, yeah. when that, you know, cannot happen, you know, per this, the city yeah. of San Antonio right now, like no one can be evicted from um, their residence. And so just access to information could help someone know that like, okay, I do have a safe place to stay and, I, I don't have to come up with this money right now. It takes the pressure off because whenever uh, a woman is in a, already in a vulnerable situation and we do serve not just sex workers and dancers and entertainers and the adult entertainment industry, but also those women at risk. Yeah. 
you, you know, providing services and reliable information can actually prevent someone from becoming trafficked or being exploited or being driven into the sex industry because um, they can kind of take a breath and realize, oh, okay, like I am armed with information and that information provides a level of security um, that everyone needs emotionally and physically to survive and not to just survive, but to thrive. Yeah. So that's been surprising to me, um, the disparity of those who are privileged and have access to this reliable information, and then those who don't, who were getting misinformation. And so you could see how, you know, potentially a landlord who is not, um, who, who is not putting their residents, you know, as a priority who mm-hmm. may say, oh, actually, you know, you owe me that money and because you can't pay, I'm going to evict you and kick them out of the, you know, apartment or um, house that they're staying in. And then this woman be, you know, being kicked out, can't get back in yeah. <laughs> to her residence. Um, and then she's in a more vulnerable state of needing money, needing cash, needing to survive and maybe not just for her, but her and her children. Yep. And so we have seen, um, we, we just got a call yesterday of a, uh, a young girl who has gone missing um, out of state, who is a niece of one of our partners. And mm-hmm. they believe that she met someone um, on Facebook and is with them. And so like, man, online predators have ramped up and because there's more and more children, more and more vulnerable women who need cash, who are out of work. All of the women who are typically working in a strip club right now are out of work because their businesses are closed. Um, So it's driving, uh, you know, that aspect of just uh, girls and women being taken advantage of and being exploited as well as, um, you know, through things like webcams, um, starting some online work, which, you know, is very scary. And um, I I have friends and I know women who did, you know, online pornography and um, who later in life didn't own any rights to any of their material. And so that stuff is out there forever. Yeah. And it just, it, it can really destroy your reputation and, and steal from you, um, whether you're doing it by choice or by force, um, mm-hmm. once those images and videos are out into the internet. I mean, it's, yes, it's out there. Once this stuff dies down, they try to get a, maybe a, just a job in general. And mm-hmm. now they've got that out there. And like you said, it, it's like their future is, you know, tarnished in a way, the reputation because of it. Um, yeah. So we've seen, because like you said, people are at home. Um, we've seen just, you know, traffickers, um, people who go out there and watch or buy pornography. We've seen them um, access it, just the access in different ways, um, which mm-hmm. is crazy because, you know, they, they had access to it before. Um, and now not that online wasn't already there. It's just, it's, it, we're in a different world. And so the way they want it now, it's, it's just very different. And it puts, like you said, women um, or anyone who's in that situation uh, mm-hmm. it, it very easily uh, can be exploited. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so yeah, sad. If I'm, the more desperate that I am, the more willing I am to compromise yep. um, my own standards. So even for 
let's, you know, if someone said I am an independent sex worker and I choose this work, well, if I'm now in a desperate situation, I may um, choose to take more risks Mm -hmm. than I would normally take. And that is a scary thought, Um, especially with this stay home, stay order, which is, you know, this is good. We need to be doing this to protect um, individuals. Unfortunately, it can also create some issues for more vulnerable populations and having less access, you know, if, if home isn't safe. Yeah. Um, you know, I love that the city of San Antonio has been putting out, you know, links to um, interpartner and domestic violence uh, resources so that women know, you know, if your home is not safe, you don't have to stay there. There are other options and um, people that you can reach out to for help. Have you seen that on your end as far as the women in, that you serve reach out to you and say, hey, I need, I need some help because I'm being, there's abuse in my home? Yes. Wow. That's, yes, that's so crazy. Yeah. And, and is the, what's, what's the support outside of what you do? Um, I'm sure you had partnerships and um, have relationships with other organizations that you've referred people to. What does that look like? Has that been impacted because of all this? Yes. Uh, so early on, we started compiling a list. And actually, if you go to our website at IamForHer.org, um, we have compiled a resource list um, of those still providing services amid COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had to source those for ourselves to provide for our own, for our own clients. Um, but then we also just wanted to make that um, available to anyone who might need it, if, whether you're a pastor who has, you know, mm-hmm. a member of your congregation who needs help or your service provider or a neighbor or friend. Um, it doesn't matter. Anyone can go on there and, and look at the resources that are available. Uh, but they have decreased quite a bit. Um, unfortunately, uh, due to COVID-19, uh, sh- shelters are not receiving new residents right now. Yeah. And that's a serious issue for a woman who cannot find a safe place to stay. Um we have one client that's, you know, thankfully she at the last minute was able to find some work at a grocery store uh, and she was uh, just evicted right before all of this hit. Wow. Like two days. So she missed it by two days. Yeah. And because um, she had already lost her job because, you know, jobs mm-hmm. were starting to be laid off at that point and she was behind on her bills. Um, so she was staying in a hotel and is still staying in a hotel um, because there's really nowhere else for her to go. But thank God, you know, she found uh, some work because otherwise the options right now are the streets. And that's yeah. certainly not a safe place for any young woman. Yeah, no, it definitely is not. Um, you know, what, what else are you guys currently having to change or are you not able to do because of COVID-19? Is there anything else that you want our audience to know about the impacts that this is having on your organization? Um, I would say, you know, operationally as a nonprofit uh, to keep our doors open, mm-hmm. um, to be able to still provide the support. We rely heavily on the donation. I mean, we rely solely on the donations of our community. Uh, we don't um, operate from any large government grants or anything like that. It's really just individuals um, and businesses that support our work. So I would just say, you know, whether it's us or supporting someone else, um, it's really important that you continue to give if you're able to, to local nonprofits who are still, you know, in this fight and still able to provide services 
Um, All right, we had a little glitch here. Uh, I'm not sure, maybe due to internet connection, but we'll get uh, Kayla right back here. So we'll come back. Thank you for for coming back to us, Kayla. We lost you there for a second. Um, So you were talking about um, the financial uh, impact that COVID-19 is having on your organization. And um, so have you seen a drop in, in, in donations during this time? Uh, so our, the, the biggest drop for us has been, um, you know, we have a couple of fundraisers in the spring, uh, typically scheduled that have now been canceled. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, has went away yeah. and um, has definitely decreased our, you know, fundraising. Um, but, uh, you know, I was just going to say it's, it's really important, no matter who you support, that uh, just, you know, give local, give to those who are supporting and helping um, in the middle of this crisis because nonprofits uh, only operate from the generosity of, of others. And if we're, if we're not able uh, to operate, you know, that really disrupts other systems that are kind of dependent. You know, we have this like kind of triad of, you know, government assistance and, uh, nonprofit assistance and in the business sector. And so those three provide a structure and support for people to be able to um, survive and thrive. Yeah. So it's really important to, to give into those areas. And then I was also going to say um, one other thing, if, um, if, uh, oh, it just like left me. <laughs> It's okay. It'll, it'll come back. It'll come um, back. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. There's a lot of organizations doing a lot of good right now, um, mm-hmm. trying to do their best. Um, there's a lot of us, a lot of people, um, I say us, but I'm okay. A lot of people that are impacted financially right now that don't have a job or are struggling to just put food on the table. Um, mm-hmm. And so we, we totally understand that, but we do want to encourage anyone who can, who's financially secure, who can make a donation um, to any organization. But uh, I would ask you to, to consider making one to for her. Uh, the services that they offer are absolutely necessary uh, to the people that they serve. And so if you can make a donation, whatever it can be, um, consider doing it uh, to for her because um, they definitely are making a huge impact um, you know, on the community here in San Antonio and these women's lives. Uh, A21 Freedom Chasers is a sponsor of this podcast. I'm uh, on the board of the A21 Freedom Chasers, and we've been blessed to be able to help them um, with a couple of donations. But we we just need everyone to come together and continue to do that. Um, because, to be honest with you, once this is over, it doesn't mean things are going to go back to normal as far as, you know, financially, you're just okay again. A lot of the times this is going to have a big impact, maybe months or years to come, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, you you think about, you know, COVID-19 has definitely impacted us now, and we are going to see more impact later. Um, So for for nonprofits to stay at their current, you know, rate of speed and and being able to serve the same amount of uh, people, uh, you have to have your regular donations. And then on top of that, you have COVID-19 happening mm-hmm. where there's an increase in the need for services um, and financial support. So um, this is really a time, like if people are able to be generous, um, it, it, it really 
helps. And also if you are in a position, you know, where you're able to provide work or, you know, odd jobs, anything remote, uh, let us know. And um, our ladies are definitely looking for work. So you can send any of that information my way to Kayla at IamForHer.org. That's great. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, You're absolutely right. If someone has uh, a job that they need, um, consider, you know, the the people that Kayla's organization helps because they they could definitely use the help right now. So where, so you said they can email you at Kayla at IamForHer.org. Where else can they go to make donations? Or if they have goods that they want to donate, how can they do that? Yeah, you can give online at IamForHer.org, and there's a donate button on the front page. If you have items to donate specifically, you can send them to our P.O. Box, which is also on our website. Uh, But that is P.O. Box 700-554, San Antonio, Texas, 78270. Awesome. Um, Do you have uh, any specific needs as far as with it, when it comes to goods that, that they might, uh, or where they can find that list? Um, yeah, specific goods would be obviously toiletries. Um, so any feminine products, uh, toilet paper, uh, HB gift cards are actually really hard to find suddenly. So we were purchasing them online and sending them virtually, and then we started buying them in store, and now the stores have been um, out of them. So if you are able to get your hands on an H-E-B gift card um, while you're doing your shopping, uh, that would also be helpful. H-E-B, Walmart, Target, any of the stores that are currently open Mm -hmm. uh, so that we can get supplies and help. Great. Any last things that you want our audience to know? or any last comments that you have? Uh, Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. And I really appreciate this partnership. Uh, Nonprofits that link arms together can do amazing things. And I'm really grateful um, that we were able to work together. And secondly, um, you know, we are trying to kind of navigate and figure out uh, additional ways to serve our women. So if you have ideas, send them our way. One thing that we're thinking about is how can we, you know, create um, opportunities for women to um, generate income. So if you have any thoughts or ideas on that, um, feel free to reach out to us. We'll be launching an online store that can also support our work and you can get something on out of it too uh, within the next couple of weeks. So that will be on our website. Great. An idea that I think you've all seen, we've all seen people do it and I don't know if they can even do it, but is making masks. Have they considered that? That's a good idea. I think the biggest challenge is the sewing machine. Although I've heard Uh, some people are doing it without a sewing machine. (laughs) I need to, I need to DIY that and figure that out. (laughs) Yeah. Some people have some mad skills when it comes to sewing. So yeah, yeah, great. Well, thank you. We're, we're, we're honored to have this partnership. We, we love the, what you guys are doing at for her and we're going to continue to pray for you guys. We're going to continue to support where we can and uh, we'll reach out. We'll continue sharing the information that you're sharing online as well. Um, our, our audience, our followers definitely are very generous and we know that they'll come through for you guys just the way they have for us as well. So thank you, Kayla. Stay safe, stay strong, and uh, just reach out if you need anything from us, okay? Okay, we'll do. All right, thank you, you take care. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode with Kayla from For Her. Please 
visit their website at IamForHer.org and look for ways to donate financially or donate any goods that they need at this time. We're all going through a difficult time, but it's important to stay generous and give to the organizations that are out there working to make people's lives easier and better. Don't forget to also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play so that you can get updates on our new episodes. Rate us and leave us a comment. We want to know how we're doing. If you have any questions or any actual subjects that you want us to cover in our next few episodes, we are on Instagram as well under Talk for Freedom Podcast. You can engage there with us. Leave us your comments and questions. Until next time.